It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Well, what's up, everybody? We we sort of made it through the week, right? It is Friday. I believe it's Friday. Is it Friday? Yeah, it is Friday. I, I forget sometimes. I'm getting old. You know, what can I say? Welcome to the show, everybody. We got a lot to get to, a lot to go over today, and we got some awesome guests lined up for you today. Obviously, we're going to continue the coverage of what is going on, the tragedy of what's going on in the Ukraine, of course, at the hands of the evil, murderous dictator that is Vladimir Putin. Uh, Right-wing buffoons just saying things that are just uh, absolutely ridiculous. No idea what they're talking about. We'll have a few of them, including one of them that actually graduated from UNLV, sadly. Her name is Tommy Lauren. But coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to be speaking to former congressman and former presidential candidate. Of course, I'm talking about Joe Walsh, who's going to be joining us on the show. Give his take on what's taking place in the Ukraine and the hypocrisy that we are seeing from so many on the right. Uh, Also, some uh, breaking news that uh, took place uh, late yesterday. George Floyd uh, in the trial of the three officers. I'm not talking about Derek Chauvin. We know Derek Chauvin's going to go to jail or going to jail for a very, very long time, a convicted murderer. But what happened to the three other officers? Well, we have a verdict, and I'm going to give you the information on, on how many years these three other officers could be facing in that situation as well. And this is going to be a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. So coming up in hour number two, uh, this is a guy that I watched on the big screen for many years growing up. And actually, he is going to be coming to Vegas this weekend for a few comedy tour stops. I'm talking about, of course, the weasel himself, Pauly cool. Shore. Pauly Shore here. Pauly, like Pauly wants to crack your shore, like fully getting barreled on the seashore, bro. Cool, mate. <laughs> That's right, bro. Paulie Short joining us coming up in hour number two. I love that guy. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very dangerous and difficult to talk about because we know so many of the the good people in the Ukraine, uh, innocent civilians, families are losing their lives. And there are a lot of good people out there, particularly a lot of professional athletes that are putting things on their sneakers. I saw that yesterday in the NBA, some players saying, pray for Ukraine. Two cents. Nice, nice gestures. Uh, these are these are nice gestures, and 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 our hearts should be for the people of the Ukraine. These are our allies. They did nothing wrong uh, at the hands of an evil, murderous dictator named Vladimir Putin. Uh, sadly, innocent people are dying. There's a lot of soldiers that are going to lose their lives. The fight continues as we speak. Uh, one tennis player named Andre Rublev. If you haven't heard of Andre Rublev, he's a very, very good player. He's a top twenty player in the world. He's from Russia. So after he won his tennis match, usually what they do, you might see this on SportsCenter, they sign their autograph on the camera, but he did something very different. Uh, He put on the camera, after he won his tennis match, no war, please. Have a listen to this audio. It's it's actually pretty cool. Two sets, but Rublev said not so fast. And he might just have a message, Andre Rublev. Think we can get behind that. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. The Russian. 
pretty cool stuff there by Rublev to do that, and he's right. Uh, obviously, we, we, we don't want war. We certainly don't want an ill-advised war, and I'm not talking about the days of George W. Bush when we went into Iraq. I'm talking about right now Vladimir Putin going into the Ukraine. It, it's a very sad situation, but I'm happy to see that there are professional athletes out there that are losing, using their platform in the right way, and I appreciate what Rublev did there. And then there are morons. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, then there are complete fools, buffoons, whatever word you want to lose. Listen, I've, I've never had any respect for Tommy Lauren. Uh, I know she graduated from UNLV. She leaves a stain on UNLV. It makes me feel like all you have to do is write your name to graduate from UNLV when Tommy Lauren is there. Listen, Tommy Lauren is very similar to Candace Owens and Jack Posobiec and some of these fools on social media where really what they do is they try to get as many Twitter followers as possible. They try to make as many appearances on Fox News and Newsmax as possible so they can make money. So they say ridiculous things. I don't know how intelligent Tommy Lauren is. Certainly by some of the things she says, she's very stupid and borderline racist. Let me give you an example. Here's what she tweeted out uh, just yesterday. Breaking news. Our country has been invaded by over 2 million illegal immigrants in the last year. Perhaps we should defend our own border before we fight battles for other nations. Just a thought. Hey, stupid. These illegals that are coming into this country, the overwhelming majority of them are paying taxes. The overwhelming majority of them are working. The overwhelming majority of them are not committing crimes, you stupid idiot. What is happening at our border has absolutely nothing to do with what is going on in the Ukraine. But she's so dumb, and it's just an opportunity for typical right-wing nut jobs that happen to be white, an opportunity for them to go after brown people. That's exactly what Tommy Lauren is doing. I believe her to be a complete racist and just a stupid fool. But you know what? Some on the fringe right like that sort of stuff. Let's not talk about what's going on in the Ukraine and the people that are dying right now. Let's make it political and try to score some political points, and let's talk about what's going on at the border. I mean, it's so typical. Folks, it gets worse. Have you heard of Lauren Witzke? She's the Delaware GOP's candidate for Senate in 2020. This is a serious position. And now she has, like Donald Trump and from the Donald Trump playbook, nothing but praise for Vladimir Putin and his Christian nationalist nation. That's what she said. Folks, I'm not making this stuff up. This is Lauren Witzke, Delaware. You must be very proud. This is your GOP's candidate for Senate in 2020. Have a listen to this. Here's the deal also. You know, Russia is uh, a... Christian nationalist nation. They're actually Orthodox Christian. I'm Russian Orthodox. So, you know, I actually support Putin's right to protect his people and always put his people first, but also protect their Christian values. I identify more with Russian, uh, with Putin's Christian values than I do with Joe Biden. Uh, So, you know, like there is that you know, that there, there is that there. And, you know, Christian nationalist countries also are a threat to the global uh, regime, like the Luciferian regime. It wants to mash everything together. But Putin takes care of his people. He looks out for his people. I watched as he deported, like they literally walked them through the streets, the criminal illegals who were coming into their country. Yeah. They walked them out and they escorted them out and they said, get out. You know, I can respect that. I can respect that. And I can respect the fact that uh, Putin does everything he can to protect uh, his people. <laughs> Delaware, you must be very, very proud of this complete fool. Lauren Witzke just said, I can, first of all, she, she used the term respect with a guy who just invaded another country and is killing innocent people. By the way, he also poisons his own people. What a bimbo. What a dumb bimbo. Respect Vladimir Putin. She says, I, ident- this is, folks, 
There's a line that you should never cross, even if you don't like Joe Biden. She said, quote, I identify more with Putin's Christian values than I do with Joe Biden. I mean, to the Christians out there, the good Christians out there, I know there's many of you out there. Do you believe uh, Vladimir Putin uh, has Christian values killing innocent people? Could this woman possibly be this stupid? I I guess the answer is yes, right? Could she possibly be this dumb? She identifies with Putin, Putin's Christian. What are those Christian values? Murdering people, raping people, poisoning people because they disagree with you, invading a country that's done nothing to you, killing families, massacring people. Make no mistake about it. Vladimir Putin is responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths. Are those Christian values? What's next? Is somebody going to say Hitler had Christian values? Maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene's already said that. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. What is next? Folks, uh, am I in the twilight zone? Really? Is this the twilight zone? This isn't just some idiot walking down the street talking to himself, okay? This is somebody who's running for Senate. How could you vote for somebody like that? If you're Christian, how could you vote for somebody like that? Are you going to go pray with Vladimir Putin? If you don't like Joe Biden and you don't like what he's doing and you don't like his policies, fine. Then you're welcome to speak up about that. But saying that you respect Putin more and his Christian values makes you a complete idiot. It's the same thing about the mask wearing. If you don't want your children wearing masks and you want to have a debate about that, fine. I disagree with you, but fine. But don't compare it to Nazi Germany where 7 million Jews were murdered. That's what some politicians have done. Forget about that Tucker Carlson, the white supremacist. Forget about him. Marjorie Taylor Greene compared kids putting on a mask to Hitler. To Nazi Germany. And now this idiot, after Putin just invaded another country, after he just invaded another country, ladies and gentlemen, you have a GOP candidate for Senate in 2020 out of Delaware who's now basically saying that she respects, well, that's not basically, that's what she said, that she respects Vladimir Putin likes his Christian nationalist nation, likes his values, and identifies more with Putin than with Joe Biden. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, what is going on in this country? What is going on? There are certain things that you can't say. And one of them... One of those things that you can't say is that you respect Vladimir Putin, that he's savvy, that he's smart. Taking a pledge from the Donald Trump paybook, what is wrong with some of these people on the right? Have you heard anybody on the left say nice things about Vladimir Putin in the last 48 hours? No! It's all these right-wing fringe idiots on, on the right! Well, I know we have someone on the line right now that has something to say about this. He always does. He's one of my favorite people. What a great follow on Twitter. I love his podcast. One of my favorite guests and so happy to have former presidential candidate and former congressman Joe Walsh joining us right now on the line. Joe, good to have you back, my friend. How are you doing? 
Damn, it's been a while. It's so good to be with you. I appreciate it, Joe. I know our listeners miss you a lot. So I said, got to get this guy back on the line. Joe, <laughs> let, let me. where do I even start? I mean, where do I start here? These people on the right, like Lauren Witzke and Tommy Lauren, and even some politicians, our former president, Donald Trump, why are they all praising Vladimir Putin and his Christian values? Like, wh- why are they doing this, Joe? Because deep down... The Republican Party is now an authoritarian party. It's a party that has given up on democracy. And look, I hear from these people every day. It's not just the leaders like Pompeo and Tucker Carlson and Trump who are saying this stuff. I hear from hundreds of Republican voters every day. They agree. They, they, They don't. Putin's a dictator. But that's part of what they loved about Trump. They wanted him to be a dictator as well. They've given up on democracy. What when you when you talk about a former president complimenting an evil murderous dictator like Vladimir Putin, even after he invades the Ukraine, this isn't anything new, right? He wrote love letters to Kim Jong Un. He sided with Vladimir Putin on a national stage when it came to election interference. I mean, has he gone to a new low, or is this what we should continue to expect from Donald Trump? No, I was on CNN this past week, and somebody said. That, that what Trump did this week praising Putin was even, for his standards, was even shocking. And I said, no, this isn't shocking. Anybody, anybody surprised or shocked by anything Trump says or does now needs to wake the hell up. This is not surprising. But here's what's really scary, and this is the god-awful truth. You can debate. We can debate with how Biden's doing. Is he strong enough? Blah, blah, blah. If Donald Trump were president right now, he would be supporting Putin in Russia. There's no doubt about that. Why, Joe? What is what is Vladimir? It's the question I've been asking people like you for years. What does Vladimir Putin have on Donald Trump? Why is it? There has to be a reason. Why is it that Donald Trump kisses the ring of Vladimir Putin? I, 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 we need to know the answer. I just don't know what it is. I think we'll know exactly what Putin has on him one day. But I think it is obvious and clear that he has... Horrible, horrible, ugly financial information on Trump. He's got Trump by the short hairs because of deals or business Trump did in Russia. And uh, he's, he's basically hijacking Trump. And, and this is, I think, a big part of why Trump supports him. I agree with you. What would you say uh, to the Republicans that are out there right now that are still standing by Donald Trump, that if he runs again, they're going to vote for him? What would you say to those Republicans out there that still stand behind him? Well, there's nothing I could say to change that, which will forever sadden me because these people used to be my people, but they're gone. I spend every week, I spend every day and week uh, trying to save Republicans who are in the Trump cult, I'd like to tell you that every week I I save a thousand of them. I don't. I save a few every week, but most of them are gone. And so they wouldn't listen to somebody like me and everybody else besides Trump. The other leaders in the party are, are still 
jumping over each other to be as Trumpy as they can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly, I certainly tend to agree with you. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with former presidential candidate, always outspoken Joe Walsh. Love having him on. All right, Joe. So let's talk about what is taking place in the Ukraine right now. Obviously, we agree it is a tragedy. I've said from the beginning uh, we need to take. Vladimir Putin out. We need to treat him like Osama bin Laden. We need to treat him like, you know, any other evil murderous dictator. I, I say now's the time. I don't I, I know that Joe Biden has his hands tied. Sanctions can only do so much. I, am I wrong in saying that 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 uh, countries need to come together? We just need to take this guy out because there's nothing else that's going to deter this guy from doing what he's doing. It's a tough spot because Ukraine Ukraine is not a NATO country. And by the way, why why wouldn't we make them a NATO country like tonight? I get, you know, all the talk about, oh, it'll lead to World War III. I don't think it will. But so we're in this tough spot. What do we do? I, I'm, I'm a non-interventionist. I don't want to go to war. I don't want American troops there. I will say this. We should sanction them. The rest of the world should sanction them like nobody in human history has ever been sanctioned. And I do believe if, if there were... There's talk this afternoon that Biden has agreed to sanction Putin personally. Hell yeah. I mean, we have to bring that country to its knees economically. We should supply and support militarily the Ukrainians. God bless them. They're not going to give away that country for nothing. They'll never give away that country. And Russia, man, this is going to be like Afghanistan for them. They will never take over that country. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, But short of that, we're really in a tough spot. We have to isolate Putin and make him hurt bad. So we've given over $600 million to the Ukrainian military. Do you believe that we should be no sending... No thanks to Donald Trump, by the way. Yes, I agree with you, of course. So did you feel like we should also be sending troops into the Ukraine right now? What would you do? No, no. Again, I'll be honest. I wish Ukraine was a NATO country. They want to be. They, they want to be a Western democracy. We should encourage that. But right now, they're not, and I don't want to see American troops on the ground there. Mm-hmm. So we should do everything we can to supply the Ukrainians. So I agree, Joe, with everything you said about the Ukrainian <clears throat> people, their military. You're absolutely right. They're tough people, and they're going to fight. But you know, let's realistically say here, I mean, I, I have to say, I don't think Ukrainians gonna win this fu- the Ukrainians are going to win this fight, not because they're not going to give it everything they have. I just think the Russian military, they're just going to overpower them. What do you think is going to be the end result here, and do you agree or disagree with me on that? I, I agree with you in the short term, and it, a, a lot of the uh, intelligence and reporting, though, even today, shows that Russia is taking some severe hits and losses already. I mean, uh, Ukraine's fighting back. Uh, here's, here's what's going to happen. You're right. Uh, uh, Russia could take Kiev and, and, and Kiev and, 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 in essence, take over the country in a matter of a week or two. But they'll never really take over the country. What does that mean then? That means that Ukraine will fight an insurgency war for years. Mm. I mean years. And there's going to come a point where, you know, Putin, like the Soviet Union with Afghanistan, having, you know, thousands of body bags of Russian dead soldiers coming back every week and month, 
that will go on for years. Yeah. They will never completely take over Ukraine. You know, you're, Joe, you're one of those people. You've been on all the networks, right? You used to be on Fox News yeah. all the time. Now, you, I love your appearances on CNN. You're, you're a guy that just tells it like it is. Fox News doesn't like people like you anymore. So I have to ask you this. People on Fox News, and you know this, just last week were criticizing Joe Biden for maybe being too harsh on Vladimir Putin, thinking that he's going to go into the Ukraine, saying, oh, the intelligence is wrong. Joe Biden doesn't know what he's talking about. And now a week later, they're saying, oh, he's got to be tougher. I mean, how is there anybody with credibility at Fox News anymore? <laughs> That's such a great question. When it comes to their opinion, people know. And when it comes to some of their news people like Brett Baer and a few others. Yeah, yes. I, I agree. Yeah. And, and you, you and I know, and I know because I know this because I still know people there, even though they won't have me on. The news people despise what Tucker Carlson does, despise what Hannity and Laura Ingram do. Uh, but, again, what are they going to say? They'll never speak out against them. It is a, it is a network that is, is just fully bought and paid for. And that's not going to change. So there is some breaking news that I do want to share with you, Joe. Russian troops have stopped near the northeast city of Konotop after suffering heavy losses during a fight. Yep. That's a big win for the Ukraine. So, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But that's a small victory for the Ukraine. How long do you think this war could go for? I know that's a difficult question to, to ask you. How long do you think we could be talking about this? Well, uh, 30, 40 years. Wow. Um, you could you could be right in that Russia could, within a week, have some sort of sham takeover of the country. But the Ukrainian government, even if they're in exile, we in the west of the rest of the West is going to recognize them. And even if you even if Russia is able to take over Kiev and some of the other cities. Then again, the next phase of the war begins, the insurgency, and that will last for 20 to 30 to 40 years. And eventually Russia, long past Putin being around, is going to have to say uncle and leave that country. Yeah. So, Joe, you you ran for president. You know all these people in office, including Joe Biden. You're a former yeah. congressman. So I have to ask you this. You know Joe Biden. Not many yeah. people in this country know B Joe Biden as well as you do. So I have to ask you this. If you're in a room with him alone right now, what would you say to him? What advice would you give to him? And uh, any criticisms? What, what would you say to Joe Biden right now face to face, Joe? This is radio, so I have to watch my language. So I would say <laughs> I, I mean it because. I throw out the F-bombs all the time now. Um, I, I would say, Mr. President, bring Putin to his knees. I love what you're doing, Mr. President, but you got to be stronger. you got to throw every sanction known to man on him. R keep rallying the rest of the world to do the same. You have to hurt him. You have to make him cry and squeal. Mm -hmm. and, and, oh, by the way, uh, the Ukrainian military... Give them everything they need. Agree. I, I, I couldn't say it any better. You know, Joe, I think we need more people like you in office. Uh, I think we need less people that are on the fringe right and the fringe left. Uh, uh, do you believe that is the only way that we're going to, you know, Republicans and Democrats are going to be able to see eye to eye on some issues and get things done? We need more people like you that are willing to admit when Republic, you know, in your party, when Republicans are making mistakes and vice versa with Democrats as well. Uh, so I guess it's a two part question. Do you ever plan on running for office again? That would be my first question.
first question. And my second question is, how do we get these fringe people on both sides of the aisle out of office? Well, to run for office, I don't have a home. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. Uh, so it, it's but I'll, 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 I'll make a prediction with you, my friend. I truly believe within four to eight years, we are going to have a major third party to rival both the Republicans and Democrats. It's happening, and it's going to happen, and big money will get behind it. Uh, Most Americans are not Trumpists, and most Americans are not on the far left. Most Americans hug the center, and they're tired of the BS that, seriously, both parties are putting out. It's, it's going to happen, and when that happens, that will be a home for people like me. If, if CNN's smart, they replace uh, Chris Cuomo with you. I'm serious. you got to do a TV show, man. I know you got a great podcast going on, but if you did a television show, I'm telling you right now, I'd watch it every night. You'd get ratings, and yeah, M- whether it's MSNBC or CNN, we know Fox News doesn't watch you. They don't even watch you for an interview these days because you tell it like it is, but you got to do that. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about your podcast, which is kick-ass? It's awesome. So because I played a big part in helping to divide this country, and I did, um, I I launched a podcast three months ago called White Flag with Joe Walsh. And all it is is me and other well-known people sitting down for an hour, uh, finding out if we can find common ground, trying to heal this divide. I, I, I sit down with actors and actresses. I sit down with politicians who disagree with me. And we see if we can come together and at least have a respectful conversation because you nailed it, my friend. This country right now isn't doing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I, I, you know, I forgot to ask you one more question. Uh, huh. Sean Penn is out there in the Ukraine filming a documentary, and a lot of people give <laughs> Sean Penn a lot of flack. I just wanted to yeah. quickly get your thoughts on that. I mean, I think I think it takes for guts, as I would for say for any reporter that's out there on the front lines. What do you make of Sean Penn out there, uh, out there in the in, in Ukraine, uh, filming a documentary? What do you think about that? I respect the hell out of Sean Penn. I, I, the guy here's and I'll tell you two things. He started this documentary about a year ago. Uh, the dude is courageous. Mm-hmm. He, he he's living the life that he believes in. He's an activist. He and I probably don't agree on a lot of issues, but he's living a genuine life. This is what he believes in, man. Give that guy some credit. I mean it. I agree. I agree with you. Joe, I love you, man, and I always appreciate it when you take the time to come on the show. You're one of my favorite follows on Twitter, too. Your your Twitter feed is just incredible. I always appreciate it. Hey, do me a favor. Yes, sir. Do me a favor. Yes, sir. Throw back back a couple this weekend. I will. I will. (laughs) I will, Joe. I I, I will. (laughs) I'm already about to get into the into the tequila, so you as well. And when you come out to Vegas, steak dinner on me, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, Always appreciate it. Done. Joe, I always appreciate it when you take the time to come on, my friend. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. That is Joe Walsh. I love that guy. By the way, this is a guy five years ago that supported Donald Trump. This is a guy five years ago that admits he made a mistake. The fringe right, they don't like Joe Walsh. Why? Because he doesn't do what's good for Republicans. He says and does what's good for For the country. For the country. Those are the type of politicians we need in office. As I said all the time on my prior show, and I'll say it now for the first time on this show, 
The problem we have in Washington is politicians. It's kind of like you're a Lakers fan and a Celtics fan. They do what's good for you, not what's good for the country. It's like, you know, we're so divided. People make decisions based on what's good for their political party rather than what's good for the country. We all lose as a nation when that happens. And right now, we should be rallying around Joe Biden. Doesn't mean he's, he can't be open to criticism. Joe Walsh just criticized him. Bring Putin to his knees. I'm not sure Biden's done that yet, at least not yet. Criticism's okay. But instead of playing political point, the political point game like the idiots, thank God Tommy Lauren's not a politician, stupid ditz that she is. But, you know, people like Lauren Witzke that are running for Senate... A former president in Donald the Orange Turd Trump, who is calling Vladimir Putin, even after he invades another country, killing innocent people, smart, savvy. And then you have right-wing talk show hosts, right-wing idiots that are saying, oh, well, he's not calling Vladimir Putin smart. He's not going uh, praising his character. He's just, he's just praising his tactics as if it's a smart tactic to go into another country and kill innocent people. If somebody went into your home and invaded your home and murdered a member of your family and then a, a member of law enforcement said, you know what? That was savvy. That was smart how they got into your house. Well, how would you feel about that? I'm going to open up the phone lines right now. Do you think Vladimir Putin is smart and savvy? Do you think it's appropriate for right-wing hacks to be praising Vladimir Putin? I'm going to open up the phone lines right now, and then we'll take some phone calls on the other side of the break. The number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283. Again, that number. I want to know, what do you think about some of these right-wing morons that are praising Vladimir Putin, including the former president. Do you agree with Joe Walsh that Joe Biden needs to bring Vladimir Putin, quote, to his knees? That number to call. Phone lines open. 702-221-7283. Your call's next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits on KSHP. Glad you could join me. Coming up here in hour number two, hey, we're going to have a little bit of fun. It's the Weasel. That's right, Pauly Shore is going to be joining us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Going to give you an update on uh, the three officers uh, that were involved in the George Floyd murder. We know the, uh, the first one, Derek Chauvin of the four, has already been convicted of murder. He's a murderer, but I'll let you know what happened to those other three officers here coming up a little bit later in the program. Obviously, we're talking about right now what's going on in the Ukraine and Vladimir Putin, and we're taking your phone calls, and I'm asking you these questions. I'm asking you, you know, if you're the president of the United States, what would you do? Do you agree with Joe Walsh? Just had Joe Walsh on the line, former congressman and former presidential candidate. Uh, we got to bring Putin to his knees. I think we got to put him in a coffin. That's what I think. I think we got to put Vladimir Putin six feet underneath the ground and kill this evil piece of garbage. I believe he needs to be killed. And I don't care how. Cut him into a million pieces as far as I'm concerned. Get rid of him. What do you think? What do you think Joe Biden should do? What would be your advice to Joe Biden? And what do you think of these right-wing buffoons that are praising Vladimir Putin and his Christianity? I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not making it up. The number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. Again, that number, 221-7283. Let's start off with Al. Al, you're first up on, on uh, Pushing the Limits. What's going on? Hey, hey, Brian. Thanks for taking my call, sure. man. You know, 
And for everybody that know that doesn't know, number one, I'm a Trumper, I am, and I'm Latino. But I got to tell you, and this is why I listen to you. You're the only right wing guy that I listen to. You brought attention to somebody who I totally hate, gives totally uh, conservatives a bad name, who is worse than Taylor Green and Geitz put together who? is that idiot Tommy Tommy Lawrence. Oh yeah, yeah, that I agree. idiot. Yep. Oh, on Twitter, I told her off. Uh, you know, I'm conservative Latino. She does. She's just a total racist. She gives conservatives a bad name. I agree. And I hope yeah. that I hope that somehow you get her off the radio because, like I said, you know, I'm totally conservative, and that's why I listen to you. I'm not pandering. Thank you, Al. Can I, I can I interject here real quick? Al, stay on the line. Sure. So I had Tommy. I ran into Tommy Lauren. Al, I want to tell you this story real quickly. Right. Uh, I ran into her during the Democratic presidential debate, uh, which took place here in Las Vegas uh, about two years. Two and a half, maybe three years ago. I don't know. So uh, okay. so I run into her in an elevator, and I said, hey, you know, Tommy, we'd love to get you on the show. You know, didn't get into any debate with her. She said yes. She was nice. And she came on the show a few weeks later, and she sounded like a reasonable Republican when, I, when she came on the show. She didn't say anything wacky. She didn't say anything crazy. So I believe Tommy Lauren is not a stupid person, but I believe she says a lot of stupid things. She says a lot of racist things because she knows a lot of people on the fringe right like it. Not people like you, but a lot of people on the fringe right like it. It gets her clicks. It gets her tweets. She sells her stupid books that I would use to wipe my ass with, by the way. And she, she makes money. It's about money for her, and she. Yeah, would, I think you know, that's what it is. Yeah, that's got to be what it is, and you know, and um, uh, you know, and then also when you had that guy, uh, and I'm also a conservative. When you had that guy, um, uh, the lawyer that's running for governor, that you called him an ambulance chaser. Yes. man, right on high five, dude. <laughs> Joey Gilbert, that guy, you're talking about yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy has got so much money that he's running for a campaign, and all I hear was just advertising. I think he's, you know, as a matter of fact, one day, Brian. You might even support me for it. I want to start maybe a radio show. Well, you sound or, like uh, or, well, well, you sound you sound like uh, okay. I'll say this: you sound like a reasonable guy. You would certainly have my vote over any of those people that you mentioned, yeah, but uh, Al. There's no question about that. And the thing that. is that very quickly, I got to say this: yep. I actually did support um, uh, um, uh, White's, a girl, Lauren White, but I was surprised to hear. What she said, Lauren Whitesky, yeah, 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 and, yeah. yeah, and yeah. I was so surprised because I actually do, and that uh, this is just an out, and I'm glad that you brought it to my attention, and that's what I like about you is that you bring to my attention the real idiots yeah. that we have in our. There's idiots in everywhere. Here's here's, so, here's a few people. Idiots. Here's a few people that are not on the right. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney has been saying for ten years that this day was going to happen with Vladimir Putin, and everyone went after him and said he was wrong. Mitt Romney was right. Okay, he yeah. was right. Uh, uh, Al, I appreciate you coming on. You got my vote, my friend. Hey, another problem. Thanks right. a lot, buddy. Right. We'll take, take care, Al. Number to call is two two one seven two eight three. Listen, he's right. He made a lot of valid points there. This this situation and what's going on right now in the Ukraine does affect us. So stop saying it doesn't. There are some people out there saying, let it be, let it be. It doesn't affect the United States. First of all, do I need to bring up Russian interference in our elections? That's number one. And what about fuel costs? I know everybody wants to, everybody in the right wants to blame Joe Biden. You're, you're, you ask any economist that is not uh, a right-wing buffoon, and they'll tell you it has nothing to do with Joe Biden, but you morons out there, oh, I'm, playing, I'm paying 60 cents more for a dozen of eggs, and I'm spending a dollar twenty-five more a gallon, you stupid fools. These are the same idiots that want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, you morons. Well, because of what's going on in the Ukraine right now, remember your former orange turd president, the guy who's praising him, right, savvy and smart, 
Global oil prices, remember, see how I said global? Global. Didn't say just America. Global oil prices jumping above $105 per barrel. That's the highest level it's been since 2014. United States oil prices approached $100 per barrel. That'll make it more expensive for drivers to fill up their tanks. That's just the bottom line. Nothing to do with Joe Biden, you right-wing fools. Food. Global. Notice how I use the word global, but they'll still blame Joe Biden. Global food prices already near a 10-year high. The Russian-Ukrainian conflict making matters much, much worse. Russia is the world's top exporter of wheat, while Ukraine is a significant exporter of both wheat and corn. They also export vegetable oils. This affects you. Just because we don't have anybody over there fighting a war in the Ukraine doesn't mean it's not affecting you in the wallet. How about metals? The price of metals used in a wide range of consumer products now soaring. I can go on and on and on. So for any of you people out there that think we should just stay out of this thing, I don't want to hear you complaining about the prices of gas, the prices of food or metals or anything for that matter. I don't want to hear you complain about that. I really don't. I don't want to hear you complain. Now, there are a lot of Republicans out there, as I've mentioned earlier, that are targeting Biden for the blame on this whole thing. Some Republicans in the Senate and House of Representatives blaming Biden for the failing to deter Russian President Vladimir Putin. Do you think Donald Trump would have done that? He would have been praising Putin. Well, he is. He is praising Putin. He has in the last 48 hours. There's no question about that. It just, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. Here's one quote. There used to be a grace period to see how the commander-in-chief handled things. It seems Biden was not given much room to maneuver, said a former chief of staff to a Republican member of the Senate Armed Service Committee. I tend to agree with that statement. I agree with it wholeheartedly, 150%. Representative Carlos Jimenez said, almost 12 hours since Vladimir Putin declared war on the Ukraine, and the only response we've gotten from Biden is a Zoom call. What did you want Biden to do? By the way, he held a very long and lengthy press conference the following day. What did you want him to do? Hold the press conference in his pajamas in the middle of the night? I mean, I guess it'd be one thing if we had another 9-11 in the middle of the night. But what what did you expect him to do at 3 o'clock in the morning when nobody's watching hold a press conference? Then idiots like you would say, oh, why did he hold a press conference in the middle of the night? We missed it. I mean, can we just be logical here? Can we just be logical? And then there's... There's people out there that I have a little bit of fun with, too. You know, uh, there's people that I have a lot of fun with. And by the way, this isn't fun, but I want to give you just a little bit more uh, breaking news of what's happening live while I'm on the air. Heavy explosions are now rocking Kiev. Possibly long range artillery rockets, air and sirens are sounding right now. That just broke two minutes ago uh, as I'm speaking. So this is real, ladies and gentlemen. And right now, innocent people are dying. Do you hear fringe people on the right showing empathy for the Ukrainian people? No. They're trying to make political points while innocent families are surrounded in their homes, in their apartments, and in their basements or in their cars, hiding out, trying to get out of what is a very dangerous situation, trying to protect their families. And then we have idiots in this country. Idiots, not all politicians, by the way. Have you heard of this woman, Anna Lynn McCord? Well, apparently Anna Lynn McCord is a former 90210 reboot star. Uh, I didn't really watch the show. I watched the original 90210 like a gazillion years ago when I had hair on the top of my head. But uh, she's an actress, and she does have a platform. And apparently she's getting a lot of backlash for uh, tweeting a more than two-minute poem 
begging Vladimir Putin for peace. I'm sure it'll work. Um, I want you just to listen to uh, uh, bits and pieces of this. This is Annalyn McCord, actress, former 90210 reboot star, with a poem to Vladimir Putin. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. And by the way, she's not being funny. She's trying to be serious. Have a listen to this. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. (laughs) If I was your mother, you would have been so loved, held in the arms of joyous light. Never would the story's plight, the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. All right. Hold on. Cut it for a second. I'm losing it here. First of all, why is she talking about being Vladimir Putin's mother? Why is she doing that? Why, why, why even – first of all, why even write a poem? Don't you write a poem for like – for lovers? Aren't poems for uh, – lovely poems? Uh, poems are supposed to make people smile and are supposed to uh, – why are you writing a poem to Vladimir Putin? That's number one. And number two, why are you saying if you were Vladimir Putin's mother? That's just – I don't know. This chick is really weird. But go ahead. Uh, continue. I was your mother. <laughs> the world would have been warm. So much laughter and joy and nothing would harm. I can't imagine the stain, the soul-stealing pain that the little boy you must have seen and believed and the formulation of thought quickly taught that you lived in a cruel, unjust world. <laughs> is this why – You now decide no one will get the best of you. (laughs) Is this why you do not hide nor away shy from taking back the world? Was it because so early in life all that strife wrapped your little body with fear? Hold on, hold on. I got to stop. First of all, come on. Vladimir Putin, you know, he's buff. So she's wrong on that one. Uh, I don't know about the little body, but but Putin's got a pretty good body. I I will give I will take a page from the Donald Trump playbook and disagree with her on this one. He's pretty jacked for an older man. So she's wrong about that. Go ahead. If I was your mother, if the the world was cold, I'd have died to make you warm. Wow. I died to protect. Wait, hold on a second. You would die for an evil, murderous dictator. Is that what she just said? Did she just say she would die? I think that's what I just heard. From the unjust, the violence, the terror, the uncertainty, I would have died to give you life. Wow. Oh, dear Mr. President Putin, (laughs) if only I'd been your mother. (laughs) Is she getting emotional? Is that the end? Oh, okay. Keep going. Go ahead. Perhaps the torture of unwrit youth would not within your heart imbue ascription to such fealty against that world that you thought was so cruel. Perhaps you would hold dear human life, and on this night, instead of Mother Russia, you would call me, and I would set your mind quite free with the love. Yeah, by the way, I, hold on, kind of, I'm, sure, I'm sure right on Vladimir Putin's cell phone, the first person on his list to call is some washed-up actress from 90210 Reboot, uh, who I, by the way, have never heard of before, I'll be honest with you. She's an attractive lady. I've never heard of her before. Uh, I want to know what drug she's on. Uh, that's what I want to know. We'll talk about that after. God, let's finish this wonderful poem. Only a mother can give, and only a mother can take away. When holds, she doesn't harm at bay and leaves her boy for the promise of a man. Whatever your story, Mr. President Putin. (laughs) Mr. President. I can't imagine how it feels in your heart, but I know if I was your mother, (laughs) I would be a start. Towards the awareness of what a powerful being of light you could be if your mind was only free from the violence you've seen when you were just two or three. I cannot believe I was born too late in a different place when I would have loved you so. Watched you play wherever you go. Wow. Wow. 
If only I could watch Vladimir Putin play wherever he goes. Uh, okay, so there's two different sides to this. There are some people uh, – and by the way, she's taking a lot of flack on social media. There are some people that are saying she did it as a joke to mock Vladimir Putin. And then there's other people that are saying she was completely serious. She's not saying it was a joke. I just think this woman was trying to be a little cute, uh, and I think she made an ass of herself. That's just my personal opinion there. I could be wrong on that one, but that's just my, that's just my personal opinion on it. That's all. That's all. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share with you George Floyd, the murder trial. Uh, I shouldn't say the murder trial of George Floyd because George Floyd is dead. He's the one that was murdered. We all know that Derek Chauvin, he's going to go to jail. He's he's in jail right now, probably for the rest of his life. If he ever gets out of jail, he's going to be a very old man. But what happened to the three other police officers? Well, guess what? I have an answer for you. I'm going to tell you what the verdict was how many years they could be spending behind bars, and we'll take some phone calls on this as well. And by the way, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation. People say I don't give it out enough, so here it is. 702-221-7283. Again, that number, 221-7283. Take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits. So glad you could join us on a Friday. Big UNLV basketball game tomorrow night, by the way. The best team in the Mountain West Conference coming to town in Boise State and Leon Rice. Uh, Big test for UNLV. I I hope people pack the MAC tomorrow because the team deserves it. Quite frankly, they've been playing some really good basketball. So that'll be fun, and obviously we will uh, break that game down on Monday back here in studio. And coming up in the next hour, it's going to be a lot of fun, folks. It's the weasel himself. Polly Shore. Cool. Polly Shore here. Polly, like Polly wants to Shore, like fully getting barreled on the seashore, bro. Cool. Like totally Polly radical, Shore. dude. Like radical, dude. Polly Shore's in town this weekend. He's been doing. He's going to be doing some stand up. By the way, his stand up is very funny. Uh, he'll be joining us a little bit later on in the program. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, serious stuff to talk about, folks. And that is, you know, George Floyd. Uh, there were four officers, if you remember, that were involved. One of those officers, Derek Chauvin, uh, faced the most serious charges, and he was convicted. He's a murderer, rightfully so, right? He put his knee on George Floyd's neck for 10 minutes or close to it. He murdered him. That was murder. And, you know, I usually don't quote Will Smith when it comes to serious topics, but I will on this one. Will Smith said it best. It's not that there's more racism today. It's just that now it's being recorded. And if those innocent bystanders on the side of the road didn't record what Derek Chauvin and these three officers did or didn't do, then those four officers would still be on the streets. Well, now, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We've been waiting for a verdict uh, against the three other cops that were charged in the murder of George Floyd. Total, J. Alexander Kang, and Thomas Lane have been convicted. After a 12-person panel rendered their verdict following less than two full days of deliberations, which ended yesterday. This after nearly a month-long trial. It's been a long trial. The ex-cops were found guilty on all charges against them. All three were facing a count of deprivation of rights under color of the law for failing to render medical aid to Floyd. You remember what happened. The guy is saying he can't breathe. He's basically dying. And then his body goes limp. And these three, three other officers are sitting there like idiots not doing anything about it, not helping him, not trying to save his life. 
Tao and Kang were additionally hit with charges for failing to intervene in Chauvin's use of unreasonable force. Now, the excuse that these three officers' attorneys were making on behalf of their clients is that, well, Officer Chauvin, he was the leader of the pact, right? So, which is, which is a completely ridiculous excuse. Because if somebody older than me does something that's wrong, inappropriate, or in this situation could end somebody's life, murder, you intervene and you do something about it. So that's not an excuse. It's absurd. So Kung and Lane tried to explain that through their attorneys. It didn't work. It, it, it didn't work at all. So these three officers are facing, at a minimum, years in prison, could be life. So the sentencing hasn't come down yet. Uh, We'll probably get the sentencing here in several weeks or so. But, you know, I talk about policing a lot on this show. And I talk about the George Floyd case a lot uh, over the last few years because it's an important case. Now, a lot of people on the right, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of the people on the alt-right, some people who might be white supremacists or racists, sadly I had to uh, be around a few of them from time to time in the last couple years. Some of those people, the first thing they'll talk about is George Floyd the bad person. Oh, that George Floyd, he shouldn't have been on fentanyl. Oh, that George Floyd, he was a bad guy. He did this, he did that. Regardless of what George Floyd did in his past, That is not an excuse for what took place at that moment. So why bring it up? We could have said the same thing about Rodney King back in the day. Rodney King was a drug addict. He he sold drugs. He wasn't. Rodney King was not a good guy. But did he deserve to get beaten by by a half a dozen officers? No, of course not. Almost beaten to death. He was lucky. He survived. George Floyd didn't. Police officers are not judge and jury. Police officers' job to protect and serve. When you're on your stomach and you're handcuffed, you're not going anywhere. George Floyd wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't a threat to the officers or anybody else. At that point, he's in custody. And at that point, Officer Chauvin's knee was on his neck for close to 10 minutes. You had three other officers that were doing nothing. You heard George Floyd pleading for his life almost knowing that he was going to die, asking for his mother, saying he couldn't breathe. That's why Derek Chauvin's probably going to jail for the rest of his life, or most of it. And that's why these three officers were convicted. And while I'm saddened the fact that there was loss of life here, regardless of whether George Floyd was a good guy or not, that's completely irrelevant. If there's one thing or a lot of things that come good out of this, it's an example to show you that if police officers behave in this way, you're going to be held accountable. You're going to be held accountable. But why is it so many people on the right want to talk about George Floyd or attack George Floyd for prior situations in his life or attack Black Lives Matter or want to say that Chauvin's not a murderer and this was all about race baiting and the jury was pressured? Listen, I know one of the jurors personally. He's been on my show a number of times. He said he didn't feel any pressure at all. So that's a bunch of baloney. That's a bunch of nonsense. These three officers, do I believe they should spend the rest of their life in prison? No. Do I think they should spend decades in prison? No. They can never be a police officer again. That's obvious. That's number one. And number two, yeah, they need to spend some time in jail. Now, listen, if that's eight years or six years or five years, I'm okay with that. I said when it came to Officer Shalvin, rest of his life, he should never be allowed to be freed from jail. 
And it looks like, for the most part, that's probably going to happen. And that's a good thing, and that is justice. George Floyd will never get back to his family. The people that I feel bad for is his daughter and, and, and his, uh, his girlfriend. I feel bad for them. All the money in the world isn't going to bring back your father, right? Now, I disagree with a lot of these family members that barely even talk to George Floyd getting big payouts. I don't agree with that at all. But I do believe his immediate family, his daughter, and the mother of his child deserve to be taken care of. Because he's not coming back. But there's a lot of people today on social media that are saying these three officers shouldn't have been charged with a crime. That these three officers shouldn't have been convicted of anything. And I'm sorry, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. If you see an officer acting irrationally, if you see an officer putting someone at risk, if you see an officer that's not abiding by the training and the professionalism that you're supposed to act in that way, then it is your duty as a police officer to stop them. As a citizen, we'll be arrested. If we intervene with something like that, God forbid, if it, I don't want that to happen. If somebody on the side of the street got involved, they would have gone to jail and God knows what would have happened to them. In no way, shape, or form should uh, a citizen intervene ever because I've heard that argument as well, and that's just ridiculous. But if you're a fellow officer, you have a duty and a responsibility. And those three officers failed that day in stopping Derek Chauvin. Those three officers failed miserably in doing so. And I'll take your phone calls on this. What do you think those three officers, should they have been charged? Do you think justice was served? Do you think those three officers should have done something about it? Or do you just put all the blame on Officer Chauvin? Heck, maybe you don't put any blame on any of the officers at all. The number to call if you want to join this conversation, at 702-221-7283. Again, that number, if you want to be a part of the show, 221-7283. Do you think these three other officers got justice, got what was coming to them? What would you have done if you were in that situation? If you're a police officer and you see another police officer putting a knee on somebody... For close to 10 minutes, do you intervene? Do you do something? Or would you be afraid to because it's your superior? Because a police officer was, you know, in, uh, I guess you could say because he was a cop longer than you. Does that mean that you don't intervene? Does that mean you don't do anything about it? What do you think about policing in general? And by the way, this nonsense, and this is complete nonsense, that, you know, defunding the police, defunding the police. There's like no Democrats out there that want to defund the police. So that's utter nonsense and BS. Do you think these three other officers should have been held to account? I say yes, 100%, absolutely. Again, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. Your thoughts on policing in general? Do you think police officers are being treated unfairly because of the George Floyd case? Again, 221-7283. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits on a Friday. So glad that you can join us. By the way, my very good friend, Joey Gilbert. Uh, we got into it earlier this week. Running for governor in the great state of Nevada. He's a whack job. So this is what he said uh, very, very brilliantly on Twitter today. He said, quote, soft men create hard times. Not only is Joe Biden soft, 
He's an embarrassment. Well, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If there's anybody who's soft, it's Joey Gilbert. When you think about all those drugs and performance-enhancing uh, steroids he did back in the day, if anybody in the bedroom is soft, I would uh, wager that it's probably Joey Gilbert. Anyway, going back to what I was – but um bump Going back to what I was uh, referring to earlier, obviously, uh, law enforcement, policing. You know, I've had some really good conversations with people that are black about policing and compliance and – you know, a lot of people don't want to hear it. And, and listen, a, a part of me understands that. I'm a white guy that's treated differently as a whole than people who are black in this country by law enforcement. I really, truly believe that. I don't know what it's like to be pulled over because of the color of my skin. I don't. I don't know what it's uh, like to be followed in a store because people might think I'm going to steal something because of the color of my skin. I've never had that happen to me before, so I can't speak to that, and I am sympathetic to that. I truly am. And yes, I do believe systemic racism exists, and yes, I do believe that there are many instances, sadly, where police officers do treat people differently because of the color of their skin, and it's wrong, and I wish it didn't happen, but it does. If George Floyd was white, do you think that Officer Chauvin would have had a knee on his neck for 10 minutes? I say no way. So listen, I'm very understanding of that, and I'm very sympathetic to that. But what I try to tell people, doesn't matter what the color of your skin is or how your fear is towards police, you must comply. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is, because if you don't comply, if you try to run away, you know, Dante Wright is a perfect example of that. He didn't deserve to die, and that's why that officer was convicted. But at the same point, if Dante Wright doesn't get into his car and doesn't try to get away, he's still alive today with his whole life ahead of him because he didn't have like really serious charges against him he didn't murder anybody the worst thing you could do is run away from a cop the worst thing you can do is non-compliance now i understand there are some not many but there are some situations where somebody can comply and something bad can still happen it's happened before. Philando Castillo is a perfect example of that. Now, he shouldn't have reached into his pocket when he said he had a gun on him. That was probably not very smart. But at the same time, there are not many cases out there. I said not many. There are some. But there are not many cases out there where if somebody complies, they're still shot and killed by a police officer. It's very rare. You must comply. If you think you're being treated unfairly, then you hire an attorney afterwards. But don't resist. It's the worst thing you can do in society. One of the worst things is hit a police officer, resist arrest, noncompliance, because, you know, if, if you are dealing with a police officer who might be racist, you're giving them an itchy trigger finger. You're giving them an opportunity to do something that, you know, we don't want to happen. Now, the flip side of that is police officers need to de-escalate. They're professionals. They're trained professionals. And when you're a trained professional, you are supposed to de-escalate. When you're a trained professional, you are supposed to do everything in your power to not use deadly force unless it's the last necessary thing that you can do because you feel like your life is in jeopardy. The Breonna Taylor situation should have never happened. See, those are two different circumstances. People talk about Ferguson. It's one of my biggest complaints when it comes to Barack Obama. I didn't like the way he handled Ferguson. He brought people within his administration to uh, Michael Brown's funeral. That was wrong because Michael Brown was a bad guy who charged at a police officer, who assaulted a police officer, who went after a police officer's gun. That officer did absolutely nothing wrong, and he was demonized by people like Jesse Jackson and the Reverend Al Sharpton. That officer, based on the overwhelming evidence, did his job, and he did it well. He didn't do anything wrong. And he didn't have a long rap sheet either. 
He's a pretty good cop. That guy's life was ruined. But we want to talk about Michael Brown? He deserved to get shot and killed. If you assault a police officer or attempt to assault a police officer, go after a police officer's gun or point a gun at a police officer, you deserve to die because you are the dumbest person in the world. It's a death warrant is what it is. So when we talk about Black Lives Matter, which I support, the the idea of it anyway, of equality, of course I would support that. You need to pick and choose your battles correctly. Ferguson's the wrong battle to choose. If Dante Wright was white, would he have been shot? Not so sure about that. If George Floyd was, was white, would he still be alive today? Probably. I look at a lot of these cases, and there's no question that as a whole, I do believe that people are treated differently based on the color of their skin. And I don't know, maybe some of you disagree with me on that. And you can give me a buzz if you'd like, but that's the way I feel. 221-7283 is the number to call again if you want to be a part of the program. 702-221-7283. These three officers, I'm not talking about Derek Chauvin now. We know he's a murderer. These three officers that were just recently convicted in the George Floyd case had a duty. It says on their uniforms, it says on the police squad cars, protect and serve. They weren't protecting, that's for sure, and they weren't serving. When somebody has their hands behind their back and they have the cuffs on, they're not going anywhere. And for anybody out there to think that it's okay, and there are still people out there that think that it was okay what Derek Chauvin did. He didn't do anything wrong. Well, you're wrong. You're 100% wrong because it's just simply not the case. So we need to do our part as a society. Parents need to do their part as a society. Talk to your kids. Tell your kids how to act if you're pulled over by a cop. Regardless of what you see on TV, regardless of how scared you are, you cannot resist arrest and you can't run from police and you can't assault a police officer no matter how scared you are. You're going to get shot and killed if you do that. So... Parents have a responsibility to speak to their kids. I don't care what color your skin is. You have that responsibility. And as police officers, we have a higher standard and even a bigger responsibility. As a police officer, you have a responsibility to act appropriately according to the law. Those four officers failed miserably that day. And that's why all four of them are going to jail for a good amount of time. I don't know how long these three officers are going to go to jail, but Derek Chauvin will probably never get out of jail ever again. Now, listen, I can be pragmatic and I can be fair about this, and I understand that there are people that are black in this country that probably don't want to hear from somebody like me telling them how to act in front of law enforcement. And again, I understand that. I'm very understanding. But you cannot convince me that resisting arrest or assaulting a police officer is justifiable because it never is. No matter what that police officer is doing, that's not justifiable and you're going to kill yourself. Now, again, it goes both ways. And you see these people on the right, some of these people on the right that say, do you, oh, all Democrats want to do, they want to defund the police. Not true. There might be a few. But Joe Biden does not want to defund the police. The overwhelming majority of Democrats do not believe in defunding the police. What Joe Biden has talked about is he's talked about reallocating funds from one department to another that need better training. 
That is not defunding the police. That is a lie. And then we get into the subject of, say, Colin Kaepernick. I don't really have a problem with players kneeling. I'm not offended by by anybody kneeling during the National Anthem. It doesn't really bother me. Never really has. I think the people that it bothers are the same people that uh, maybe don't like brown people very much. doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't affect the game. It doesn't affect the televised broadcast. It doesn't affect any of that stuff. It never has. But I do think that as professional athletes, if you're going to take an E, I don't think that's enough in my personal opinion. You could be saying, well, Brian, what are you talking about? I mean, listen, that's totally up to them. And you're right, it is. But I believe if you care a lot about an issue, taking a knee is not enough. That's always been my personal opinion. you got to take it a step further. And you know what? There's a lot of professional athletes that are, and I give them tons of credit for it. But I'll say this also. A lot of the people out there that have a problem and, and have so much hatred for, for these NFL athletes that took a knee, remember it was Donald Trump that called them SOBs. A lot of the people that have an issue with black athletes taking a knee are the same people that have no problem with Donald Trump praising Vladimir Putin. Ladies and gentlemen, does that make any sense at all? You tell me. Does that make any sense? There is nothing wrong with peaceful protest. Listen, I can disagree with you, right? There's a lot of people that had a lot of anti-mask protests uh, across this country. I disagreed, but as long as there was no violence, then go ahead. It's your constitutional right to do so. I have the right to disagree with you. So you see these black athletes that are taking a knee. They're not hurting anybody, but a lot of these people on the right have a huge problem with that, but they don't have a problem with January 6th, do they? And these idiots on the right, and a lot of them are, they want to say, oh, January 6th, the overwhelming majority of people that were out there on January 6th, these were good people. These weren't violent people. You know what? I'll agree with you. There were probably 100,000 people out there, and about six or 700 of them were criminals and, and were charged. But why don't you ever talk that way about Black Lives Matter? Why is it when it comes to the January 6th insurrection, you want to talk about how the overwhelming majority of those people were good people and they wouldn't harm anybody, but then when it comes to Black Lives Matter, you want to paint everybody that's involved with Black Lives Matter as a thug. You want to paint everybody in Black Lives Matter as a bad person. Why is that? Well, I think I know the answer. Maybe you do. But I think racism is a big factor here. I really do. Why is it? Why can't we say the same when it comes to both? That yes, people that want to hear Donald Trump speak that weren't breaking the law that day, while I'll disagree with you politically, you're not a bad person because of that. You have that right. You're not a criminal. And for the tens of millions of people that were protesting peacefully within the Black Lives Matter movement, you're, you want equality. But here's the difference. Here's a fundamental difference that you won't hear on Fox News. Here's a fundamental difference that you won't hear on OAN or Newsmax. You won't hear this from the right. But you'll hear it from me. There is a fine line and a big difference between protesting for equality, which is what the overwhelming vast majority of all in the Black Lives Matter movement were trying to do, tens of millions of people, which I think is an honorable thing to do, and then people that are protesting the election, saying that the election was a was a farce and that Donald Trump won the election in a landslide. You're protesting based on a blatant lie, which is foolish, and it makes you a moron, and the other people are protesting for equality. Folks, do we not understand the difference there? It's a pretty big fundamental difference. But if you listen to people on the right, they won't admit that. 
Many of them, not all of them. They simply won't admit it. We are more racially divided in this country than I think we've been since I've been alive in the last 40 years. We are more politically divided than we've ever been. Who do you blame for that? I could think of a few people. And listen, there's people on the left that divide. I don't think the Reverend Al Sharpton necessarily brings people together. I'm not sure Jesse Jackson brings people together, no more than Donald Trump. So we have people who divide on both sides of the aisle. The problem is one of them happened to be the president of the United States. That's the big difference. I mean, Al Sharpton will do a TV show, but who has the bigger platform? What would you say about somebody who defends the Confederate flag? Donald Trump did that. NASCAR made the the right decision, by the way, with banning the Confederate flag. Why did it take him this long? That's what I want to know. Why did it take NASCAR this long to ban a Confederate flag? If it was a Nazi sign, they would have banned that a long time. Well, why did it take them this long? You can maybe answer that question for yourself. But when NASCAR decided to ban the Confederate flag, who went after NASCAR? Who attacked NASCAR? Well, you would think people that would attack anybody for banning a Confederate flag would probably be Nazi sympathizers or would probably be racists, right? So who did that? Our former president. He went after NASCAR. And then there was a Black Lives Matter sign legally in the streets of New York City in front of his hotel. He went after them. He wanted that off the street. Why is that? For those of you that say systemic racism doesn't exist, why is that? Why do you think systemic racism doesn't exist? Why is that? Now... I was brought up in a community that was predominantly black. I was the minority, and I was treated fairly. I never felt uncomfortable. Never did. Never would. And it, it puzzles me, and I wonder what type of shelter that you're living in If you don't think systemic racism exists in society, because clearly it does. Clearly it does. And I talk about this not because I'm trying to divide people. I talk about this because I'm trying to help people to understand why the Black Lives Matter movement started in the first place. Why did it start in the first place? I don't want to divide people, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want that. We can have disagreements when it comes to policy. We could have disagreements when it comes to politics. Absolutely, 150%. I don't want this country to be divided. But we've been headed in that direction for the last five years, certainly. And I want it to stop. And Joe Biden isn't the savior. He's not going to bring everybody together. That's not what I'm saying. I'm happy he's in office compared to what we had. I'll say that. But we are so divided. The best thing, this is my personal opinion, as a white person living in America. I'm not black. I don't know what it's like to be black. I don't know what it's like to be living in this country as a black man. I don't, because I'm not black. I think the best thing you can do as somebody white living in this country is listen. Listen to somebody that maybe has different life experiences other than you. And that's what I try to do. You know, I had a conversation last night with my with my really good friend, Roxanne McCoy. She's not feeling too good. She's had COVID, and she's going through it, man. She's the president of the NAACP right here 
in Las Vegas. And I had a conversation with her about this last night, a brief conversation with her. And we have some really good conversations. And by the way, when she's feeling better, I'm going to get her in studio. But I love hearing her perspective. Heck, I know TV people in this city that are black that have been pulled over for no reason. These are very successful people. And by the way, in no way, shape, or form am I saying if you're not successful, you should be mistreated. That's not an excuse either. I, I don't, I, I, but I'm saying you could be a black person living in this country extremely successful, and boom, you're pulled over because of the color of your skin. It happens all the time. So I was at a UNLV basketball game. This was uh, maybe four or five years ago. And I have a credential. And the person that's with me is a distinguished member of the media who does TV, and he had a credential. And we're sitting in some seats. And the security guard doesn't say anything to me. He sees my credential. But he says something to the guy next to me who happens to be black. Can I see your ticket, please? You can't sit here. Doesn't say anything to me. And we're kind of looking at each other, and we're kind of laughing. And we're like, well, there you go. There you go. Just something simple like that. And then we go to really the, the, the serious topics in this country, which is you know law enforcement and policing. And as I've said before, and I'll say again, the overwhelming majority of police officers in the country are heroes. They're not racist. They're good people. They treat people fairly, and they're very professional. Those people are heroes, and I praise them, and I'll do anything to help them. I remember when Officer Shea Nicolonis, uh, the officer uh, in his early 20s who was tragically shot uh, and paralyzed for the rest of his life, um, I went to a few of his uh, char- charity events for, that his family put on, and I went there and I and I and I donated a little bit of money because I feel for that kid so bad. Because being a police officer is a very dangerous job, and in no way, shape, or form have I ever painted out the the majority of police officers as bad people. There's no question the overwhelming majority of police officers are heroes. I'll say the same thing about firefighters. I'd say the same thing about doctors, nurses, those frontline workers who are saving lives every day. You're all heroes. That's the definition of a patriot. Some people don't even know the definition of what really a patriot stands for in love of your country, right? You're not a patriot. You're not doing anything great if you go out on a boat and you wave your Donald Trump flag. No, it it, it makes you an imbecile. Uh, I'm sorry, you are. If you think that you're a patriot, you're an imbecile. No more than if I waved a Bernie, which I wouldn't because I'm not really a Bernie Sanders supporter, but if I went out on the beach and I waved my Bernie Sanders towel, would that make me a patriot? No. And if I claim to be a patriot, you can call me an idiot. Well, you'll probably call me an idiot anyway, but that's okay. You get the point that I'm trying to make here. That doesn't make you a patriot. Just because you're you're a supporter of a, of, of a presidential candidate and you have a flag in your front yard, that doesn't make you a patriot. What makes you a patriot What makes you an honorable person? Let's start with our men and women in uniform. Let's start with that. That makes you a patriot. You're a hero. Why? Because you risk your life and you put everything on the line for your country. Nobody's more patriotic than our brave men and women in uniform. Remember what Donald Trump said about John McCain? I don't respect him because he was captured. To me, that statement alone should make you an illegitimate person to run for president. And then people will make excuses. Oh, I don't like John McCain's policy. So what? Screw you. The man was a prisoner of war so that you have the freedoms to do what you do every day. You morons. That's the definition of a patriot, a firefighter who goes into a burning home trying to save a life. That's a patriot and a hero.
are good men and women and in, in, police officers every day. Most of them are patriots. I don't care if you work at a soup kitchen or, or you're, you're volunteering your time helping the homeless. That makes you a patriot. Or my friend Roxanne, who donates her time, doesn't get paid a dollar. She donates her time, president of the NAACP here in Las Vegas, to help brown people, minorities, who don't have the means to maybe hire an attorney. Or maybe they've been a victim of an injustice. She donates her time to help these people. She's a patriot. But I find so many people these days on the right particularly the alt-right, throwing the word out patriot like it's nothing. They'll call Donald Trump a patriot, somebody who dodged the military, somebody who's been had more lawsuits than, than you know I, I could even imagine, somebody who has handed things his whole life. Donald Trump is the opposite of a patriot. He's a coward. Is that what you would call someone who dodges the military? A patriot? So I go back to square one and what I started in this conversation with police. Most police officers are patriots. We need to treat them with respect. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't want to hear, oh, Brian, you don't know what we have to go through. No, I, I, even though I'm not black, I kind of do because I listen to you and I'm very sympathetic. But that doesn't give you a right to mistreat someone and assume that every police officer is a racist because they're not. I know that for a fact. They're not. Some are. Most are not. So when you are in a situation with a police officer, you don't have to do what I do. But what I try to do when I see a police officer could be sitting down at a restaurant, could be at a gas station, whatever the case may be. I try to go up to them and I try to shake their hand and I try to tell them, thank you for what you do. And more times than not, I can see how much they appreciate that. Because we're living in very volatile times right now, and there's a lot of hatred towards police. Sometimes it should be directed towards specific officers. I understand that. Officer Shalvin and these other three officers, perfect example of that. You should hate those officers. You should. What they did. Because they all played a role in, in the murder of George Floyd. There's no question about that. But the overwhelming majority of officers wouldn't have acted like that. Some would. Most wouldn't. So we have to be careful. You're a black person living in this country and you want to be treated fairly and equal. I'm all for it. I'm with you 110%. But don't make a gross assumption that just because a police officer is interacting with you or pulling you over that they're a racist. If you want to be treated fair and equal, treat police officers that way too. That's my personal opinion. That's my personal opinion. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's pretty simple. There are bad cops out there. There are bad people in every profession. Heck, I've talked about a few radio show hosts in this town that are not very good at their job. I won't mention any names. The few. I think, I, th- I think if you're my friend and you know who I am, you probably know who I'm talking about. You know, Wayne Allen Cook. Sorry, I had to say it. But no, I mean, listen. I don't mind it. it. Listen, if you're doing a radio show and maybe you're not very good at what you do, maybe you don't think I'm very good at what I do, that's cool, that's fine. Join the club. But there are people out there, I don't care whether they're entertaining or good radio hosts. What I care about is they don't spew misinformation and hatred. And there are radio show hosts in this town that do that every day. How could you respect that? There are people probably on the air right now that are saying the vaccines are killing millions of people. 
There are people on the air right now that are praising Donald Trump, kissing the ring of Trump, and saying what happened in the Ukraine and the whole Vladimir Putin situation is all on Joe Biden. Well, I think we have a responsibility. When you have a platform, it could be on a small AM radio station or you could be a former president. You have a responsibility to tell the truth. And I try to do that on the air every day, and I try to do that best I can. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, the weasel himself, Paulie Shore, will be joining us. Paulie Shore is uh, got a couple shows coming up in Las Vegas, uh, Monday and Tuesday, by the way. Uh, it's called The One Man Show. If you haven't seen Paulie Shore do any stand-up stuff, the guy is absolutely hilarious. He's great. Cool. Polly Shore here. Polly, like Polly wants to track shore. Like fully getting barreled on the seashore, bro. Cool, man. <laughs> Love Polly Shore. By the way, his father was a legend as well. Sadly, just passed away last year. Polly Shore coming up next, the weasel himself. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, we're approaching the weekend here. It's Friday, right? And there's a lot of options. There's a lot of things to do. There's always a lot of things to do in Las Vegas. But the guy we have with us on the line right now uh, is so funny, so awesome. Uh, I grew up watching this guy on the big screen. He's coming to town Monday, Tuesday, February 28th, the one-man show, Wise Guys Comedy Club. Uh, The very funny Pauly Shore, the weasel himself. Pauly, thank you so much for joining us, my man. How are you doing? People just... People just hung up. Now that they knew that I was on the phone. <laughs> Sorry about that. They're like, oh, God, we don't want to hear this guy. <laughs> Paulie, last time I talked to you, you had the runs. Like, I think you went to, like, a taco shop and you were on the toilet all day. Uh, is everything I didn't okay? I know that. Well, because you, you told me live on the air. That's why. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, well, you know. So, that, Vegas, that Vegas food is bizarre sometimes. It I is. I don't know. How are you doing, Paulie? What's been going on with you lately? Tell us. What's been going on with Paulie Shore? Well, I'm in Portland right now. Um, I'm at the Nike store. I don't know if you guys are familiar with <laughs> the brand Nikes. They, 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 they kind of go around our feet down below. So a friend of mine works up there. They're able to get me in, so I'm here uh Getting a couple Nikes, yeah. So like, it's the, it's the headquarters. It's the headquarters. Do you ever go into a store, Polly, and people recognize you, and the manager just comps you and gives you free clothes and stuff? Does that ever happen to you? No, they make, they they charge me extra. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I'm so I'm so sorry to hear that. By the way, I know when I'm not <laughs> myself, then they charge me normal price. Do you ever use the Polly Shore card anywhere? Like you say, hey, do you know who I am? Like, have you ever been that guy that ever does that? Um, sometimes. <laughs> it usually doesn't work. They're like, great. Anyways, we're charging you twice. <laughs> I believe that, actually. No, everyone. No, no, no. I mean, uh, you know, fortunately for me, knock on wood, you know, I'm very fortunate that, you know, wherever I go, people are most people are really nice. So and I'm nice back. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the older you get, the more you, you appreciate Understood. Just everything, everything, yeah. especially after COVID and yeah, no just question. the whole world and, and everything that's going on. Everyone's kind yeah. of, I think, a lot more self-aware and a lot more kind of 
appreciating each day as opposed to taking days for granted, yeah? No question. And by the way, I appreciate the yeah. fact you're you're doing stand-up comedy. I mentioned you're in Portland today. You're going to be in Vegas Monday and Tuesday. Before I get to those shows, uh, I have to ask you this. So a friend of mine uh, caught up with you in a steam room, of all places, in a workout facility in Las Vegas the other day. And I, and I guess he, he recognized you and he started talking to you about how he was a fan of yours. And I said to him, I said, that's really weird. You guys are like half naked in a steam room. Could you have picked a better time to talk to Paulie Shore? I don't know. Am I wrong? Is that just weird? Like somebody saying, hey, Paulie, I was just watching Entourage the other day and saw you like in a steam room. Is that is that a weird time to do that? Am I wrong in assuming that? Um, I remember the guy. He was really nice. His wife was there. And then after we all went to dinner and now he's my best friend and he's <laughs> Coming to see me in Portland this weekend, so okay, good. everything worked out for us. Good. I'm happy to hear that. Can you talk to me a little bit about, for somebody that has never seen you do stand-up before, obviously everyone's seen you do movies and and you're hilarious, but for somebody that maybe has never seen Paulie Shore do stand-up that is thinking of coming to see you in Vegas Monday and Tuesday at Wise Guys Comedy Club, uh, tell me a little bit about your routine a little bit. What topics do you touch upon? Well, I'd rather talk about what I'm doing Monday and Tuesday as opposed to stand-up. <laughs> Because I'm not doing stand-up on Monday and Tuesday. Okay, so, oh, you're playing the guitar. I apologize. That's true. No, no, no. I'm not even playing the guitar. I'm doing, on Monday, I'm doing a one-man show. Gotcha. And that's kind of uh, stories about my childhood. So it's exactly, it's not stand-up at all. And then on Tuesday, it's my band, Polly and the Krusties, which is just me playing songs that mean something to me growing up as a kid. You know, I'm 54, so... I've been around a while. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've been through different eras and different times. So, you know, I like singing. Not that I know, not that I'm a good singer, but I like enjoying, you know, on stage singing. So I have a band with me and Richard and Norm and Eddie, and we're going to be oh, performing cool. so at Wise is... Guys. We've never done it there. So it's basically Monday yeah. is, uh, is one man show. You're talking about your life, right? Yeah, ch- childhood stuff, growing up at the comedy store and MTV days, oh, Playboy cool. Mansion, all that crap. And then <laughs> Tuesday is Polly and the Krusty. So no stand-up okay. in Vegas. But in Portland, I'm doing stand-up. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I would imagine you talk a lot about your legendary, your late father, who I had the opportunity to meet a few times in Vegas. You guys were so involved with some charity work. Your dad did a lot of charity work. I would imagine you must have some pretty cool stories about your dad growing up, right? Yeah, well, my dad was, you know, he was the original. I mean, everyone always talks about my mom in the comedy store, which she obviously ran and did what she did, an amazing development of all these comedians. But my dad, there would be no comedy store and there'd be no, you know, any of us if it wasn't for my dad orgasming him and my mom in the 50s, you know. So, (laughs) you know, he was on the road. He was on the road. He was touring. He met my mom. Uh, at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, you know, yep. they started hanging out that summer and he got her pregnant <laughs> and he took off and then she called him up and said, I'm fucking, oh, excuse me, I'm pregnant. And then that was it. <laughs> so none of it would mean anything without dad. So dad, I always, I always kind of want to respect yeah. what he's done and stuff. Yeah. Paulie, do you, do you stay away from like, uh, politics? Cause you know, we're like, we're so divided a, 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 as a country right now and everything that's going on in the Ukraine and uh, we're, we're in very divided times. You know, there are some uh, actors and comedians and celebrities that get very involved. Uh, have you ever been that guy or do you kind of stay away from that stuff? 
No, I like to talk about it because when you get older, that's what you watch. You know, when I go home at night, you know, I, I channel surf between MSN, Fox, and CNN. You know, mm-hmm. when my head, when I start to get a real headache on one, then I go to the other, then I get a headache on the other, then I go to the other, then I finally have to take my Ambien and just go to sleep. <laughs> Ambien's a very dangerous drug. I did take that at one point. It it, it made me hallucinate. But uh, all right, so Monday you're talking a lot about your life, your childhood. Uh, I, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be really cool. But, you know, yeah, go ahead. It's in an intimate situation. It's mm-hmm. uh, If no one's seen, been to Wise Guys downtown Las Vegas in the Arts District, it's a brand-new club. It's the only freestanding comedy club in Las Vegas. Um, and, it's, you know, I, I organized that deal through the owners of the building and the owners of Wise Guys because I wanted to kind of give back to Vegas and do, like, a, a comedy club for locals where you don't have to, like, go to a hotel. Right, And it's right. a great club. It's a great club if you haven't been down, down there anyways. There's shows this weekend. That's and, cool. Uh, it's and it's a cool spot, yeah. Do you have part ownership of this club? Uh, no comment. Okay, fair enough. But this is an opportunity for you, Polly, to show your fans maybe a side that uh, of you that your fans haven't seen before. This is more of a, a serious Polly Shore, right? You're talking about your childhood. You're talking about your life as opposed to going up there and telling jokes, right? I mean, this is a side that maybe a side of you that maybe some of your fans haven't seen before, right? Um, I don't know. There's comedy in it, too. It's not all serious. It's, mm-hmm. it's mostly just spoken word. Right. And it's... Uh, um, I don't know. It's more storytelling. It's a, it's a monologue. I mean, it's, you know, when I do my stand-up, it's kind of all over the place. Right, right. With this, it's like a script, you know, and then gotcha. there's also videos and photos, photos that are playing in the background. So it's something that I've been working for a while. Wow. And I'm pretty excited about it, you know. Cool. Well, you know what? I am looking forward to seeing it. I believe the show times for both nights are 8 p.m., if I'm not mistaken. Tickets... No, no, no. The, the, no the, uh, I got that wrong, the too. The one-man show is 7.30. <laughs> okay. One-man show is 7.30. And then on, uh, what is it, on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. It's 9 o'clock with the Crusties. Yeah. So 7.30 and 9 o'clock. What type of music are you guys playing? What, what's the, what type of uh, music are you doing? Uh. Just rock and roll, bro. Sweet, sweet. So, uh, any original stuff, lot of covers, or what's the, a lot of covers? I'm doing. My, I'm, I am doing Lisa Lisa, my old song. Nice. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. That's so awesome. Uh, well, I, you know what, Paulie, I cannot wait to check it out. I will definitely be there on Monday. Can't wait to hear some of the childhood stories. You have legendary family, of course. Your late father, such a great guy, and uh, I just I'm very lucky to, to have met him. Uh, really look forward to the show. Check out Paulie Shore Monday at 7:30. Childhood stories. Uh, Tuesday is going to be jamming at 9 p.m. As you mentioned, this new club, Wise Guys Comedy Club, a great venue, by the way, because it's downtown on Fremont right there in that area. Paulie, I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us, my friend. And I'll tell those guys if they recognize you in the steam room, feel free to say hello. Paulie Shore is a nice guy. Yeah, because he's coming. His name's Skippy. He's coming tonight to my show. So <laughs> good, good. I'm He'll glad be to hear here. Paulie, you're the best. All right, buddy. I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Paulie Short, the weasel, joining us on the show. <laughs> oh, Paulie's a Paulie's a funny guy. Of course, you remember Paulie back in the day, right? This this Paulie's a little older now, but back in the day, this was you know this was uh, Paulie Short in his MTV days. Cool, Paulie Short here. <laughs> Polly, like Polly wants to crack your shore, like fully getting barreled on the seashore, bro. Cool, mate. It's something a little strange, though, for me having to. Uh comprehend that Paulie's going to be a little serious on Monday. I mean, I assumed, I think it was a fair assumption, right? I assumed that Paulie Shore was going to be doing stand-up comedy. He's a stand-up comic. 
I did not. I had no idea that he was a musician, and I had no idea that he was actually going to be telling all these stories about his childhood. I actually think that's pretty darn cool. Uh, so I'm actually looking forward to that. I'm going to check that out on Monday. Check him out, Paulie Shore again, uh, Monday seven thirty at Wise Guys Comedy Club. It's downtown, right there on Fremont Street, Paulie Shore. And then Tuesday at nine p.m. he's in town, uh, one man show. He's going to be playing some of his tunes, rock and roll tunes in his band. So I think that's actually kind of cool. All right. So uh, do we have a little bit of audio? Well, we, maybe we can play that when we come back. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, maybe I'll play a little pa- music from Paulie's band and uh, talk a little UNLV hoops because UNLV has arguably their biggest game of the year tomorrow at the Thomas and Mack Center against Boise State, the number one team in the Mountain West Conference. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back to Pushing the Limits on KSHP. Hey, we've we, we've we've made it a week, ladies and gentlemen, and I got to tell you, this week has been a lot of fun. Uh, very grateful to be back on the air on the airwaves here in Las Vegas. It's been a few months, and and I'm very, as I mentioned on my first show, I'm very appreciative to people. Uh, my producer here, Justin, who does a fantastic job, the general manager here at the station. Uh, of course, uh, Mark Hayes here does a wonderful job here, and everyone's been treating me very nicely here. Uh, unlike uh, my prior residence, so to speak, I'll say people here are very different, and it's a family atmosphere here, and I'm, I'm really enjoying being here. So I'm very grateful, and to all my friends out there, Rich, Brett. Uh, Roxanne, Brian Feldman, Chris. I mean, there's so many people that I could name. Uh, Kistel, uh, Chris Bushy, all these guys that are in my corner that have helped me be on the air here and, and start this new show. It's really been a fun week. So, so I'm very grateful and very humbled, and I'm having a great time, man. I almost forgot how much fun doing radio is. I really have. The last couple of years, I wasn't having much fun, folks. I wasn't having a good time for a lot of reasons. I'm finally starting to have fun again, and I look forward to driving to work every day. And i got to tell you, man, that's, uh, that's priceless. So uh, it's been a fun week. By the way, we just had Pauly Shore on because he's doing some shows in Vegas Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday, he's bringing his band, Pauly Shore and the Krusties. Yes, that's what they're called, Pauly Shore and the Krusties. Here's a little sample of what his band sounds like. She packed my bags last night pre-flight. Zero hours, 9 a.m. And I'm going to be high. I'm going to be high. I'm going to be high as a kite by then. There's a shocker. I'm going to be high as a kite by then. <laughs> I miss the earth so much. Okay, all right. That, that's enough. I miss my mom. A little more? It's Just lonely out Numbchuck's here. liking this. It's lonely out here in Spaceville. On such a timeless... On such a timeless flight. All right, that's enough. I can't take anymore. That's enough. I can't take it. Come on, Krusty's. Dig deep. I want to hear this. (laughs) All right, that's it. I can't take it. I can't take it. That's enough. There you go. If you want to hear that on Tuesday, check it out. Uh, I prefer his stand-up. Uh, I will be going on Monday. I want to hear some of his stories. His father, Mr. Shore, was a legend in the business. He started those comedy store clubs. And and uh, so I can't wait to hear some of childhood stories from Paulie Shore. I'll definitely be checking that out on Monday. But I'll tell you something else, Numb Check, I'm going to be checking out on Saturday. 
is a big college basketball game. I would have liked to have gone to the Knights game as they play the Colorado Avalanche, but UNLV Hoops has a big game, and they've been playing some really good basketball. I texted Kevin the other day. He came on the other day. That you know They beat Nevada on the road. Uh, they beat Nevada twice. This Boise State is arguably the best team in the Mountain West Conference. I mean, but standing-wise, they are right now. I think the Mountain West Conference tournament this year is probably as wide open as it's ever been. As wide open as Melania Trump. I'm sorry, that was a horrible joke, ladies and gentlemen. That was very uncalled for. I apologize. Um, But anyway, uh, the Mountain West Conference Tournament is wide open. Sorry for you Melania Trump fans out there. Very inappropriate of me. How how could I? Um, Boise State's a good basketball team. Very beatable. They don't have anybody on this team that can defend Bryce Hamilton. Really, nobody does. And, And the level that Bryce Hamilton is playing at right now, it's... I can't recall a UNLV player since maybe the 90s that played uh, at this level. I mean, Hamilton's had a stretcher over the course of the last month. One of the best offensive players in the country. Now, I understand he's playing in the Mountain West Conference, and maybe if he was playing in a better conference, he wouldn't be scoring 30 a game. But still, you have to give this kid all the credit in the world because he's taking good shots, he's defending, and the role players on UNLV have bought in to what Kevin is asking them to do, particularly on the defensive end of the floor. They can beat Boise State on Saturday. I don't know what the spread's going to be, but boy, I could put this game at a pick'em. I could really put this game at a pick'em. I don't think there should be a spread. Now, UNLV on the road, of course, you're, you're, you're going to be getting a bunch of points. I think Boise State will probably be favored by three or four, but I think UNLV can absolutely 100% win this game. But again, it puts a lot of pressure on Bryce, but Bryce Hamilton needs to have another big game. He needs to score at least 25, maybe 30. I'm going to say the same thing I said when they played Nevada. I said Bryce is going to have to have a big game. He did. They won. Uh, But this is going to be a fun one, folks, because this is a real parameter here. If somehow UNLV can find a way to win against Boise State on Saturday, then everybody's got to be looking at UNLV to to absolutely be one of the top favorites to win the Mountain West Conference Tournament because the tournament is played in the Thomas and Mack Center on their home floor. If UNLV loses... No reason to panic. They're still probably going to be the four seed. Worst case scenario, five seed, but most likely the four seed in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. And I'm going to tell you folks, right then and there, that's an accomplishment. Because how many years have we had to struggle over the course of the last six, seven years where UNLV was in the playing game in the Mountain West Conference Tournament playing Air Force in the first round? That's an embarrassment. Play-in game and UNLV should not be in the same sentence. But we've had some awful basketball coaches here and some terrible athletic directors, and it's been a complete embarrassment. We have reset the clock, so to speak. No pun intended there. Maybe there was a pun intended there. But Kevin Kruger, year one, so far, I give him an A. I absolutely give him an A. You beat Colorado State twice. You beat Fresno on the road. You beat Nevada Reno twice. That's a heck of an accomplishment, but here's the best accomplishment and something that people don't talk about a lot. The team has improved. This team has gotten better. When was the last time you had a coach at UNLV where you could honestly say, UNLV has gotten better from the start of the year to the end of the year? Last time I said that, yep, you guessed it. Kevin Kruger's father, Lon Kruger. That was the last time I could say team got better. Marvin Menzies' teams progressively got worse from start to the end of the year. So did Dave Rice. Remember when Dave Rice and UNLV, they beat North Carolina, the number one team in the country at the Orleans Arena. I was there. And then everybody was saying, oh, this guy, Dave Rice, I told you he was the right guy. I told you. I used to get into debates with Chet Buchanan all the time. He never admitted he was wrong because Chet never admits he's 
wrong about anything. He'd probably admit that. I said, Dave Rice is not the guy, right the guy for the job. You know, TJ Otzelberger, they got off to this amazing start, undefeated, before they got into conference play. And I said, you just got to give bad coaches time. Bad coaches need a little bit of time. They might have one good year. They might have a good month. But over the course of time, bad coaches fail. Go ahead and tell me what TJ Otzelberger's record is in conference. It sucks because he sucks as a basketball coach. And by the way, I'm not a big fan of TJ Otzelberger as a human being either. Kevin Kruger is a good coach. He's, he's, I'm telling you, he's, he's got a lot, work to, a lot of work to do, but he is a good basketball coach, and he's learned from one of the best, his father, Lon Kruger. They are a classy family. Kevin is a good guy. They're very lucky to have Lon Kruger around the program. Kevin Kruger has put in a good coaching staff. He's got good quality kids. Look at how much better Hamilton is playing under Kevin Kruger. That's not an accident. He didn't just all of a sudden become this good in a year. It's because he's being coached properly. He's being put in the right positions with the basketball to succeed. He Listen, he scored a bunch of points last year, but he wasn't the Bryce Hamilton that he was last year under T.J. Otzelberger. Because Otzelberger's a crappy coach, that's why. T.J. Otzelberger, the highest paid coach in the Mountain West Conference. Thank you, Desiree Reed francois Thank you, Joker. Appreciate that. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. I was so happy when they got, well, I shouldn't say they got rid of her because they didn't have the guts to do that, but she was clueless here. I was so glad that, that, that she left. And now I'm at Harper, I'm, I, I, I'm hoping that it works out with him as the associate AD. He's a nice guy. I hope it works out. But I'll tell you something, it's working out with Kevin Kruger, and I'm really happy for UNLV basketball. I really am. Because I root for UNLV to win. I want UNLV to win because they're a lot more fun to cover when they're winning than when they're losing. It's been miserable to cover this team over the course of the last seven, eight years. Miserable. Because they've sucked. And now we have something to cheer about. Now we have something to root for. Now we can be happy. Because I think the UNLV program is now in a good place moving forward. The future does look bright. And, you know, Marcus Arroyo could say the future looks looks bright when it comes to UNLV football. I'll believe it when I see it, man. The guys won two games in two years. Well, the, the last time we made a bowl game was how many years ago? Caleb Herring was our quarterback. For God's sakes. The football program is a disaster. And it's not the player's fault. It's decision-making. Decisions that have been made for years. They've hired bad guys. Listen, listen. there are coaches that, that have been in front of UNLV football that I think are nice guys. I thought Bobby Houck was a really nice guy. Um, I'll be the first one to admit that. Bobby Houck's a super nice guy. And then our former Bishop Gorman head coach who took over at UNLV, nice guy. Really nice guy. Not a bad guy at all. I, I'm not a big fan of Arroyo as a football coach and as a human being. Why, you ask? Well, first of all, and by the way, I'm not alone on this one. He's terrible with the media. Horrible. He conducts himself like he's the head coach at Alabama. The guy's won two games in two years. I don't understand that at all. If I'm Coach Arroyo, I want to speak to as many media members as possible and get the word out. But he just doesn't have that attitude. I don't understand that. Kevin Kruger, the opposite. He'll, I don't think they've ever said no to me when I've asked Kevin to come on the show because Kevin's a great guy, and he understands the more promotion, uh, the more – the more time on the air that people are talking about UNLV basketball, the better it is for the program because we're going to get more people in the seats. I don't know why Coach Arroyo doesn't have that same uh, mindset. Have you been to some of these UNLV games? It's been the football game's been an embarrassment. The away team always gets more fans usually than UNLV. Even Hawaii, go to the Hawaii game. There were more people in the stands for the Hawaii game than, than UNLV fans. That's a disgrace. 
And by the way, the attendance for UNLV basketball is not Kevin Kruger's fault, not the team's fault. They deserve a big crowd Saturday night. This is a big game, and they deserve a big crowd. So we'll wait and see what happens on Saturday night. I'm really looking forward to the game, and and we'll talk about it, of course, on Monday. Hopefully try to get Kevin Kruger on the line as well. But this is going to be a fun one. Folks, it's been a fun week, man. i got to be honest with you. I... um I'm really enjoying what I'm doing again, and it means the world to me. So I want to thank you all for being a part of this show. I mentioned those names, people that I thank. There's probably many, many more that I need to thank, but uh, everybody here has been great. And I'm having a lot of fun doing radio again, man, and that's what means the world to me. It really does. It means the world to me. I'm having a lot of fun doing radio again. So I want to thank you all for joining me. Please follow me on Twitter. What is it? At Pushing the Limits LV. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> As my producer reminds me, Numchuck, thank you for your work this week. You've been awesome. And uh, also, you can email me if you'd like. I'll give out my personal email. It's brian at pushingthelimitslv.com. So, uh, you know, if you want to call me names or you have criticisms of the show or you just want to compliment what I'm doing or maybe you have an idea, I will respond to everybody. I, I do my best to do that. I got quite a bit. Uh, I've, I haven't been active on Twitter very, very much, but, but, uh, Last month I have, and I got uh, some followers, so I'm happy about that. So thank you so much for joining us, everybody. I really appreciate it. Monday we'll break down UNLV, of course, the UNLV basketball game, and uh, the situation in the Ukraine continues. Appreciate everybody for being here, and I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thanks for joining me, Pushing the Limits on KSHP. KSHP.